Welcome to the PHCP Pros Behind the Wall podcast. I'm Ellen Rohr, plumber's wife, industry icon, and president of Zoom Drain Franchise Company. And I'm Max Rohr, energy nerd, hydronics advocate, and education and training manager at Kalefi North America. And Max is my son. We'll share host duties of this podcast, which is sponsored by PHCP Pros. Thank you very much. And the whole Roar family, Max, Hot Rod, and I are honored to be columnists in their publications. With this podcast, our intention is to have real, thought-provoking conversations with people across the PHCP industry. Of course, we want to entertain and encourage. And mostly, we want to connect and allow our guests to be vulnerable, to explore insights gained and lessons learned. Let's go behind the wall. My guest today is Jessica Bannister, also known as HVAC Jess on Instagram. Jess works for CamCool Refrigeration in British Columbia. She is on the HVAC Apprentice Path in Canada and is also the co-chair of Women in HVACR Canada. Welcome, Jess. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more about your official title. What do you what do you call yourself these days? I call myself two things, depending on what tasks I'm doing. Okay. I have given myself the title of operations manager okay. because I, like I do a lot of various things in the business, not just as an apprentice. And then my second title is more official. It's an HVAC apprentice. Okay. So <laughs> you are in the field now. Was that always the plan? How did you get to the, the field? How did you get out uh, with the, the tools every day? That definitely was not on the plan. <laughs> definitely not. I went to university and got a lovely office job at a downtown financial firm where I spent about 10 years working in corporate finance. I then had an opportunity to travel with my husband and left that office job. And when I returned to Canada, my brother actually got me involved in the family business. However, my skills and knowledge and all that stuff was still in the office. So that's where I started with CamCool was in the office. I spent about nine months doing admin stuff for my dad. And then finally, I asked him if I could go out in the field with him on some ride-alongs. And since then, I've been out in the field and I haven't looked back. So I guess going back a little bit, when you went on the the trip to Europe with your husband, what was the the moment that you had where you were like, I need to, I need to do something else? Or was that before the trip started? It was a little bit before the trip because... I'd been in that office for quite a number of years, and I just got so comfortable. I, I felt like I got stuck in a rut. I was just, you know, going through the motions every day, and I just felt so unfulfilled. I was like, uh, I don't know if I can do this for another 10 years. Yeah. And so when my brother offered for me to join the family business, I jumped at the opportunity, and I'm very glad that I did that. So then you said too that once you joined CamCool, you were kind of at a desk again. So you started to see, you know, how the business worked from probably the the finance side that you were familiar with, but yeah. that really wasn't what you were looking for, I guess. So then you ended up out yeah, exactly. on the, the road. I was I was still stuck in a kind of in a, in a similar position behind the the desk. And so yes, I you know, I was having trouble with my invoicing and my quoting with various words, jargon in the trade. I couldn't decipher. I had no idea the difference between all these words that sounded the same, like capacitor, condenser, compressor. They're all 
sound the same, but now I know they're very different. And so I asked my dad, you know, I said, hey, can I come and see, put a name to face or face to names? And not only that, Max, they would come back from their days out in the field with tales of all these exciting people they'd met and these interesting pieces of equipment they'd worked on and places they'd been. And I felt slighted. I felt, why am I sitting behind the desk all day when you guys have all these adventures? So. Yeah, the, that sounds like the invoicing of a, a condenser <laughs> wasn't quite as exciting as the, uh, you know, the snake that was encountered in the the, <laughs> the cabinet or whatever. Exactly. That day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you had, uh, you wanted to see a little bit more of uh, the excitement that, that came with the parts that you were billing and things like that. For so sure. I guess uh, fast forward to now. So you're good at the mechanical aspects of your job. I've seen your your Instagram and your YouTube and the things that you post. You seem to take you know as a, a company and as a person a lot of pride in the the work that you do. One of the things that's different uh, is that you're also very good at marketing your experience, doing the work, and then you're taking the time to encourage people to get into the trade. So all three of those things together, I think, are pretty rare to find. Um, can you teach us how to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't have kids. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> that That is one thing I've got going for me. Honestly, social media is something that I really enjoy. I have found so much joy and fulfillment out of social media. I don't consider myself a very uh, creative person, but social media has become a creative outlet for me. And I love it. I, I really enjoy doing it. And I think that, especially the message that I'm putting out there, I, I think it's very important. Um, there are more women in trades these days. There's still vastly a huge gap between, you know, equality. And, and I think that just pushing, out, pushing, that, pushing that message out is very important. I really enjoy the quote, you can't be what you can't see. And that really resonates with me specifically because, you know, my dad has always been in HVAC. He's always been a refrigeration mechanic. And naturally, my brother followed in his footsteps. But it wasn't ever something that was even considered for myself. And I think that if I'd seen a woman doing what my dad did, I may have you know, considered going into that trade. So I'm trying to be that example. And I know now that the trade, especially HVAC, is not for everybody. It definitely takes a certain kind of person. Um, it's a dangerous job. But if you don't know it's out there, you wouldn't even know that it's an option for you. Yeah, I think that that's really great. And I think that comes across in your social media. And you had mentioned uh, before this conversation that you started with your business profile for CamCool. And then you made the switch to you, basically. Maybe tell me a little bit more about that, because it seems to me like a very transparent and honest uh, interpretation of what's (laughs) happening, which I think is really good. Uh, So maybe kind of tell me the difference between what you were doing with a a company Instagram and then your own personal profile. Right. So I started with Cam Cool's Instagram page. I was very active on there and my hopes was to reach a local audience. And I was hoping that posting the various places that we worked in would spark a referral from somebody that saw the post and being like, oh, my uncle has a display cooler like that and he could use your help. But I found that 
there wasn't too much of like not too much business that came out of Instagram at that time. This was about three years ago now. And at the same time, I was working on my HVAC Jess brand, although it wasn't a brand at the time, it was just an Instagram page, kind of um, documenting my journey as an apprentice, a woman apprentice. And then I just started having so much fun with it. And it started growing and people started noticing me. I was invited to be on interviews and podcasts. And it's just been a lot of fun. And now, and now we are actually starting to get local referrals from my HVAC Jess page. Because, there you go. Yeah. So now it's nice finally come full, full circle. circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's uh, cool about it is it, it just, the, the people that I like to follow on Instagram, there are a couple brands that I think do a great job, but mostly I like to see what other people in the field or, you know, individuals are doing. And I think that that's what your Instagram profile is, is really, you know, like I said before, honest that some days you have good days and some days you don't, um, <laughs> but you get excited about the wins. And I think that that's exactly what someone who maybe didn't grow up seeing, you know, you can't be what you can't see. Somebody who didn't grow up in the industry might be able to get a really good view into what a day in the life is. And I think that that's really important. And I think your page does that really well. So thank you. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's, I think, exactly that that window <laughs> that makes it really <laughs> helpful to make the amount of uh, women in the industry grow if they can see this is what it is. This is This is the fun part. And this is the less fun part about yep. everything that I do every day. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it's important. Like, you know, Instagram is in, like almost notorious for poster perfect lives and whatever and content. But I put it out there too. I have struggles. And sometimes I just think that you got to, if, if you're putting out the good, you got to put out the bad sometimes too, because life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. And I think it really paints like a fake picture. So I think, yeah, it's important to keep it real. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've been on the the corporate marketing side of Instagram and there is absolutely a place for that, but it's, yeah. it's a very well polished, very consistent message that is, you know, can be great in a, a completely different aspect, but it's not really, you know, a perfect representation of a day in the life. It's mm-hmm. more aspirational, like a, yeah. a travel blog or something like that. You don't read about the I forgot my passport and had to go back to my house. And then, you know, it was raining and everything was ruined. You just see the like arriving in, uh, you know, St. Bart's or whatever. Like that. Everything's great. So it's a little different approach. So tell me a little bit more about women in HVACR. So this is uh, newer to Canada. Um, yeah. So kind of how did that happen? And how were you involved? That actually came about because of COVID. There's an organization out in Ontario, it's a membership organization, and they have an annual event called Women Empowering Women in HVACR. And because of COVID, they decided to put it on Zoom and open it up to the rest of Canada. So I attended that. It was a two-day conference on Zoom. I attended that. And one of the speakers during the conference was this lady, Natalie, who mentioned a group or an organization that she was thinking of starting for support for supporting other women in the industry, who would be interested? And there was about 10 or so of us that jumped on right away. We got onto emails right away. We had launched a website and had a board and we were ready to rock and roll. Cool. Yeah. And I think that the uh, the American contingent, uh, I saw some social media posts that they got together and they walked the, the show floor at AHR 
in 2022 together. Uh, and it seemed very cool. It seems like a nice community. And like you said before, that if you were walking the show by yourself, you might be the only woman in a crowd of 20, but they had, you know, a whole group of people walking together and it yeah. was uh, just a very nice uh, a photo op, I guess. And hopefully something that gets bigger in both the, the U S and Canada. Yeah. That was a cool, that was a cool thing that they did. I, I hope they do that every year because I think girls can feel very intimidated, even, not even just being the only woman, but just with all, yeah, with all of the, the, exhibits and everything it's it's a lot so if you can be with a little group i think that's really cool yeah and just uh for a trade show that can be uh, you know like stepping out of the subway in new york that you walk into it and people know where they're going and they know what they're doing and there's kind of a you know whatever a procedure to what's happening Uh, i think that that's probably you know harder to do by yourself if you haven't grown up doing it or you know have seen uh, where you're supposed to go and what questions you can ask and what people uh, will tell you and what people won't yeah. and things like that. So, yeah. So when you kind of along those same lines, when you walk into a training at a supply house or something like that, yeah. what is, what is that usually like? I am always the only woman in the, in, in the room. I got excited. Actually, I went to uh, Duquesne furnace training recently and there was a woman in the room but then I was really disappointed because she was laying out all the food. <laughs> and yeah. Once the food was all laid out, she disappeared. And I was like, oh, she's not in this class? Okay. Yeah. And it's uh, that's something that I think is a general assumption in our industry that if uh, maybe you are organizing the class or you're in charge of reception or something <laughs> like yeah. that, which uh, you know historically is probably something that has occurred more frequently, but that's not really what's happening now. And I mean, I think that industry-wide, when we see engineering companies and things like that, it's getting better slowly. I think that engineering is probably ahead of the you know, installers in the field as far yeah. as a percentage, but um, it's still been a slow growth. But you know, maybe because nobody has a window into what it's actually like, because I think that both uh, HVAC installers and engineers uh, in the general engineering community those have been pretty awesome jobs during COVID as well. So, you know, if it's not something that you need a PhD level education in the debt that comes with that, Mm -hmm. and you can work from home if you're an engineer or you're, you know, seen as an essential service, if you're in HVAC, uh, I think that that's a nice place to be maybe more so than someone who is coding a a program that could be duplicated by anybody anywhere. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So when you think of social media, um, who are some of your mentors? Who are some people that you look up to as far as uh, pages to follow or or people that are doing a good job? For me, uh, there's a small group of women in HVACR, both in Canada and in the US. But one particular, she's in Toronto and her name is Brandy Fairneck. And she goes by Chiller Chick on Instagram. (laughs) And the reason I look after her so much is because she's about 10 years older than I am, but her, her story is a little bit similar to mine where she is also in a second career now in HVAC. And sometimes, sometimes I think, you know, my apprenticeship is going so slowly or I feel like, you know, am I ever actually going to be able to do this job on my own? Because I, I am very lucky to be able to lean on my dad and my brother for help whenever I need it. So when I think about those moments of weakness, I I look at her page or I even message her. We're, we're, we're friends now. 
And I just, I just feel encouraged. And I feel like, okay, Brandy's been doing it for 10 years. I'm going to get there as well. And not only that is now she's become an instructor for, for other people in like learning HVAC. And that's, I think, a path that I would really like to go into as well. Yeah, it seems like you've got the kind of the groundwork laid for something like that as far as taking the time to stop and explain um, what's going on. So what would your in 10, 15 years, what would your your perfect career be, do you think? I think I would like to still continue speaking and spreading the message of awareness and inspiration for women going through the trades, specifically HVAC. And yeah, I would, I would love to mentor other women up and coming, uh, girls that maybe are considering HVAC, but not quite sure. I'd like to take that kind of role on. Is there something specific that you wish you had have, would have been told maybe even before you went into the, the finance world and things like that? Is there something that you would tell a 15 year old who was trying to figure out what to do with their life today? I would probably tell them that it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to, it's a, it's a long journey and the experience and knowledge that you have isn't going to come until you've put that time in. And I struggle with that still today. Cause I, again, I'm like, Oh, my apprenticeship is going so slowly. It's going to take me X amount of years, but it's going to be worth it. And there's no way to jumpstart that. There's no way to, <laughs> skip to the good part as they say so i would I say think yeah that one of the things that is probably different between the u.s and canada is your kind of path into the trade is much more formal and i think in a in a positive way probably yeah. in in you know 80 percent of the cases it seems like there's a little bit of red tape for well is this classified as this can i do this with my current you know badge basically, or do I have to have something else in the U S it's not really as formal. And in some cases there's, there's really no formality to it that you can just start working with any, you know, installer that you want to and kind of do an informal apprenticeship in that way too. So I like the system up in Canada too, but the, you know, it doesn't really change the outlook and that, you know, it's going to be a lot of work to be an apprentice really in any scenario. Yeah. Uh, for a few years, but uh, it's definitely not something that should discourage people from giving it a shot. Uh, for sure. And it's uh, it gets you onto you know potentially a path that really requires uh, much less debt and much less uh, school than you yep. would uh, in a lot of other paths, which is kind of what my generation was was pushed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, uh, you know, hopefully kids that are in middle school and high school now are, are taking a harder look at that. But if they don't have anybody to look at, then they may end up back in uh, school with, uh, you know, some sort of degree that they won't be able to use or, or whatever later. So yeah, exactly. Well, I do agree with you. I do. I do, you know, sound like I'm complaining about that it's going to take a long time for me to be qualified and everything. But I, I, really truly appreciate the process because i i think throwing somebody that's green into the deep end i think that's just a disservice to everybody it's to to the person learning to the company that's hired them to the customer everybody loses if you if you do that so yeah i appreciate my apprenticeship 
Yeah, and I think that the you know, what's helpful in Canada too is that there's a little bit more of an established like value to an HVAC apprenticeship that yes. like, okay, this has been going on for a long time. People that do this can generally, you know, make this type of money or this is what their job looks like, where I think it really depends on who you apprentice for in the US if that's going to be uh, something that like, oh yeah, in, in five years, this is an unbelievably good job. Or in five years, I might have to look for something else. This is a great place to start, but then I might start my own business or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I think that that's helpful that you can almost uh, have something a little bit more concrete to look at up there. I don't know if you've got some sort of uh if you would like to be a trainer down in the States and just uh, duplicate the uh, HVAC apprenticeship down here, so <laughs> tag along for that. Maybe that's a good solution. Uh, you've well, got a fun place to live, though. I don't know if you'd want to come down. Yeah, I, I do like Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> so bigger picture, I guess, what should our industry look like five years from now? Technology is changing so quickly, and we're just getting awesome, cool new tools and things that we can use technology-wise. Even there's new compression fittings that are taking over from brazing these days. The, the industry is changing and I think we need to embrace it. But I also think we need to keep sharing, keep sharing about the industry. It's important. You know, trades, trades guys nowadays, some of them, they take real pride in their work. And I think that really is going to help our industry going forward. Because if somebody's looking towards that career, and they see people really taking pride in what they do, I, I think there's, you know, merit in that. And people want to be involved in something that they can really take pride in. Yeah. And I think that that's probably pretty universal too, that um, I know that working with my dad when I was a kid, and I would go to the job sites, and I would see when there just was something that wasn't quite plum or you know, wasn't quite how he wanted how it really just it really bugged him and yeah. uh he would want to you know redo it then or redo it the next time that he you know came through to service something that he knew that he was going to be replacing a bigger piece of it because he just didn't like what he inherited or yeah. you know whatever the case was <laughs> and i think that that's really universal too that may be a you know any other you know trade or specialty in the world that if you see that somebody really takes pride in the car that they build or you know whatever the task is, I think that that uh, is helpful and that's what social media has been really fun for because yeah. in the past ten years ago, if you had a really cool job site, maybe someone took their you know Canon PowerShot camera out <laughs> to your job site and used the USB cord and connected it and you know put it on. AOL somewhere or something yep. like that, but yep. it's just so much faster and people that do good work have so much uh, quicker opportunity to get that in front of a lot of other people and, and kind of demonstrate their pride in the, the trade, which I think is great. Absolutely. And then there's, there's a few guys that are on Instagram that will now have the, they've got these little contests, like the best pipe work contest. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's really cool too, getting yeah, people involved like that. Yeah, that kind of peer to peer thing is yeah. is just more fun to see that it's not uh, as as forced, I guess, to, yeah. to have people do that type of competition. <laughs> okay, so if in five years, you know, we've got a lot more technology, you've mentioned that, you know, the, the crowd being more diverse, uh, more women is a goal of yours. So what else do we need to to get there? What, uh, what other key pieces are we missing? I think we need to be speaking to really young kids. Like even before high school, 
because I think by the time they're in high school, they're, they're already kind of guided into a direction, a path, whether that's by their parents or by their, their teachers or counselors. I think we just need to get in front of kids and tell them what a great career this is. It's lucrative and it's challenging and it's exciting and rewarding. And I think a lot of people, if they're not in the trade or in that kind of family or whatever, have no idea what HVAC even is. Like, yes, I feel comfortable. I don't feel hot or cold. Perfect. <laughs> but when, once those feelings yeah, change, then, oh, like, what's going on here? But I think if we can actually get to kids and say, you know, you can get to work with your hands and you get to solve people's problems and help them, I think, I think that's the future of the trade. And here are some of the, you know, uh, machines and, and gadgets behind the, the sheetrock that make the air warm or cold or <laughs> exactly. whatever that you may not ever see. And yeah, I think that reaching that younger generation is definitely something that, that plagues us down here. I think that the, the average plumber in the United States is in their fifties or something like that. So yeah. there's going to be a, a pretty big, uh, you know, skilled labor gap. Yeah. Um, and I'll, from my personal experience, I you know worked with my dad, who's a plumber and did radiant heating. And really, every step of the way, school was talking me out of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know yes. that that um, I was told because I got you know A's and B's. They're like, well, you need to go to college, and like really, it would be a mistake if you didn't. Mm-hmm. And here are some things that you should do there. I'm glad that I went to school, and I think that that was great, but it was definitely presented as a fallback plan to go work for my dad. And I think that that, uh, you know, isn't a good thing to present that way. Uh, I don't know how you at least present them on some sort of equal playing field that if you want to go to college and be a, you know, professor of, you know, English literature, and that's really what you're passionate about, then go for it. But know that it's also great to be an HVAC tech and Mm -hmm. (laughs) here's how that path would be very different but it might appeal to you. So yeah, absolutely. I still think there's that stigma out there for, for tradespeople. It's kind of lower class, but honestly going through trade school recently, I know that it's not the easy way out. So where are the, the middle school potential HVAC apprentices uh, right now? Is that Instagram and TikTok, or where, where are these people hanging out that we can get the message to them? I have to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I think they're more on TikTok these days than Instagram. I feel like while I'm doing a good thing on Instagram, I still kind of feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I'm I'm preaching to other HVAC people. And that's not really who I would I want my my content to be seen by. So I have branched over recently to TikTok and it's like the wild, wild west out there. It's <laughs> it's the it's the wild internet. And I've built this little community on Instagram where everyone's very encouraging and supportive and friendly. And I feel like it's my little safe haven. And then going on to TikTok, it's I've opened myself up to the rest of the world and people are not worried or not concerned about, you know, saying something what's on their mind. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that as well. So it, uh, it makes me a little nervous personally, but yeah. uh, it seems like that might be the where the demographic is. So, uh. well, that's it. And if you can maybe have a little bit of fun with it, like I've been trying to, I think I think it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got the right pieces in place, I think, to to make a, a run at TikTok and, and encourage <laughs> younger people to get into the trades. So um, that's all I have for questions. Is there anything else that you'd like to, to add? 
Not off the top of my head, no. I would just ask you to check out Women in HVAC Art Canada. Uh, we're doing some really awesome things. We've got some wonderful sponsors and partners. And um, it's it's just great from here on. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and then uh, where can people follow you on social media? What are your, your handles there? Yep, I'm pretty much HVAC Jess everywhere on Instagram and TikTok. I do have a YouTube channel called the HVAC Diaries. And I have a website that's www.hvacjess.com. Great. There you go. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Thanks for uh, going through uh, your background in the trade. I think it's really uh, an inspiring story. And uh, hopefully you'll be the, the person like Brandy is for you for some other you know, middle schoolers today. So, oh, thank you. Uh, thank yeah, you. thanks for joining. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great. Thanks, Max. Thanks. <laughs>